Are you looking to up your social media game or maybe just your LinkedIn game for 2020? Well, don't miss last week's episode where Daniel Stanton, that's right, Mr. Supply Chain and I recently did a LinkedIn Live giving our tips and tricks for networking online and we turned it into an episode. For more information and to listen to the episode, go to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 99. Welcome to Let's Talk Supply Chain. My name is Sarah Barnes-Humphrey, and each week I bring you the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, new innovation, and most up-to-date information about supply chain. I believe that collaboration is the future of business, and I have designed this show to ensure you have all the information you need to succeed in business and in your supply chain. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. I don't know about you, but 2020 seems to be flying by already. We are already headed into February and spring is in my sights. I can't wait for some warmer weather because here in Toronto, winter started really early and it has been cold. We've had lots of snow, so I just can't wait for that. On today's episode, we are diving into procurement and I am talking to a company who is changing the procurement game with their unique solution that we will reveal soon. But first, let's get to the question of the week. So the question is, what are your supply chain goals for 2020? Well, over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn page, Ur Manish Shika says to learn the supply chain 4.0. And over on my LinkedIn, Irina Roska says, my goal is to implement sustainability and impact metrics and goals into my supply chain management. Joby Joseph, cost contingency, robotics, and end-to-end visibility throughout the chain. Larry Lung says, as the breadth of supply chain is so wide, I'd like to develop some sort of hybrid cost value metric. And John Walker says, 2020 supply chain goal, learn as much as possible while we continue building our technology and have a complete working prototype before year's end. Good luck with that, John. I know all about that. Thank you to everyone who weighed in this week. And remember to find all of the conversations under Listener's Corner at letstalksupplychain.com. Plus, I linked to everyone's LinkedIn page so that you can connect with them right away. So back to today episode, Anthony of Yuna is joining us on the show today to talk about their unique group purchasing model and that helps increase your buying power and gain access to better contracts and discounts. Isn't that what every business and every procurement specialist is looking for? Well, before we dive into more details, let's get to know Anthony just a little better. 
Anthony is an experienced entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of executing and providing value within the group purchasing industry. Anthony is skilled in everything from sales and marketing to strategy and leadership to competitive sports. His keen insight, strong business background, and go-getter attitude drive the vision of the entire UNA team. So welcome to the show, Anthony. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Catherine on your team reached out to me last year, and I am so glad she did. You know, since then, I've done some research on what you and your team are doing at UNA, and I can't wait to hear more about it because it sounds like you are a procurement specialist's best friend. Yes, you heard it right here. We're going to learn more about that. So let's get started. UNA has a unique perspective on the procurement industry. So tell us who you are and what do you do? Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me, Sarah. So Una, we just went through a rebrand, which is fun. And actually, Una, the word actually is Latin for together. And as we well know, in the supply chain sourcing procurement world, we need to be thinking together in collaboration, especially with suppliers, C-suite, stakeholders, the whole idea. So the concept is Una, we save together. Our whole symbol actually has this kind of uh, unity triangle uh, togetherness to it. There's a cool story behind it. But we truly believe and why we did a rebrand um, is that empowering procurement and cha- uh, supply chain sourcing professionals is is well key and critical. And we just want to we want to put our stake in the ground. Um, and there's a lot of ways that we can do that. And the, kind of the fun way that Una says it is that we want to empower sourcing heroes. So I don't know if anybody's checked out um, our kind of simple explainer on what we do, but in the overall procurement world, uh, GPOs play a role. And we think that within procurement, GPOs, which is just the short version of group purchasing organizations, uh, can play a role and serve the customer base and supplier base. Uh, we believe that our customers, uh, they're actually using the products and services that we offer. And our suppliers are our customers too. So we call them our, and try to, our supplier partners. Again, it gets back to that uh, we need everybody collaborating and being together and saving together. It sounds cheesy, but it's real. No, no. I mean, if anybody listens to my show, they know that I always say collaboration is the future of business. And I truly believe that. Even my company name, Victorious, it means winning together. It means collaboration. Love it. Because I think, you know, we can only move forward really together. There's enough to go around for everybody. And let's figure out how we can do that together. Can you tell us really quickly what that story is behind the uh, branding? So actually, I want to give a lot of credit to, to Catherine and her team. Uh, we had just gone through a rebrand uh, here. We just finished it. It all happened kind of in like a 100 days. I think it was a, I would say it was an absolute whirlwind. Uh, but we've always had the Una name. And I think, uh, again, to get back to this, we really want to emphasize empowering the procurement professional because I think uh, the major thing that's a challenge, and I'll get into that as we as we talk further, yeah. is getting buy-in uh, for procurement and supply chain and sourcing heroes. So the, the rebrand was to support, I, I would say, a more human approach to the procurement Again, in sourcing world, that's a little boxy and can be over analytical and overemphasized. And maybe in my opinion, uh, why C-suite is not embracing it and certain uh, small to larger, of course, larger organizations. So we want to take a, a fresh and different take and really emphasize how can we empower the, the sourcing heroes, as we like to say at UNA? And what does that look like? How do we keep it simple, uh, but still very engaging 
um, and, and bringing real value beyond just cost savings, which of course is the end result of, of a proper procurement strategy. But you're right. You know, it's there. We're all human beings, right? But I like the fact that you're using the word heroes. We love I it. mean, it's yes, whole, they are the right. heroes. So it's our whole theme and we truly want to, we want to kind of just continue to instill that. And I think, like you said, you've got, you've got great energy or we can call it cheese, but people want to do business with people that they like. And so that's right. Uh, it does matter what you say and how you say it. And we want to, I think we can launch this 2020 year saying, how can we support the heroes uh, in this space? Yeah. And they want partnership. They want collaboration. They don't want to feel alone. They want to make sure that, you know, they're doing everything that they possibly can and having a team around them and having the right partners, I think is, you know, really essential to that. So you mentioned challenges, right? So what are some of the biggest challenges facing procurement professionals in 2020? Well, I think the first one that comes to mind is, I mentioned it, is C-suite buy-in. Just even committing to a procurement strategy for the year and and totally understanding that there are certain suppliers that could, if if we're thought about in a strategic way, that can benefit uh, the overall business and that there's actual collaboration and the key stakeholders that whether it's a director of purchasing, let's not go through all the titles, uh, but it, it's a top-down approach, which I think you're seeing a lot of emphasis of this on culture. And I do believe that procurement does start at the top, just like culture. Uh, I think the second one is data management and making sure that there's yeah. transparency and accurate data. I was just on the phone uh, actually with a friend of mine who I went to school with, and he manages uh, almost a billion in managed spend. He has two analysts with him. And one of the biggest things he emphasized, I, I asked him the same question, what's your biggest challenge? And he said, accurate data. And so what tools, mm-hmm. again, not just to use tech to use tech, but it's, again, it's hopefully it's hopefully it's a run on sentence that it happens, but tech to empower more accurate data, more collaboration, more strategy within, uh, you know, supplier balance and tiers, et cetera, et cetera. And then third, it's kind of the unplanned spend or the fancy way is dark purchasing. So just making sure, <laughs> hey, compliance, which again, I think reinforces number one, if you have buy-in and clarity at the top, then there is proper compliance to where a sourcing and proper procurement strategy, if committed to, can be executed and actually show results. Absolutely. And I would totally agree with you on the data management. I mean, if we're not getting the data that we need by the end of 2020, I mean, how are we we doing? What what are we doing? How are we filling those gaps? How are we reaching goals? I mean, we really need to to get those data houses in order. But I would... um, you know, if he's struggling with it, then what, what do we need to do? And, you know, where, where can companies really start? I mean, that's, that's what we've been that's, talking about. for That's two tough. Years. It's like the elephant, right? How do you eat a, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Yeah. And I, and I think um, just really making sure I just, we want to emphasize it enough that the, the impure, uh, empowering the procurement professionals, that there is true understanding from sweet, sweet. I, that's why I wanted to start with that. And yeah. uh, you had mentioned it. Look, we believe right now, especially in 2020, the voice of the procurement hero, I'm going to use the UNA language, mm-hmm. uh, it could never be louder and more clear that it's, that it's relevant, that it's necessary. And all, I would use the word critical. 
Absolutely. No, I would definitely agree with that. And those are, you know, definitely the top, I would say, challenges that, you know, procurement professionals, even supply chain professionals as a whole are facing, especially this year. So how do procurement professionals traditionally negotiate contracts with their suppliers? I mean, you know, we're all getting into the digital, we're all getting into the technology, but let's let's reel it back a little bit and talk about how traditionally it's been done and then maybe how we can do it better. Sure. I mean, my traditional understanding of being in this space uh, just under 10 years is you're going to go through, you know, an RFQ or an RFP process. And typically, um, you know, it's a fancy way of, you know, putting it out to bid and looking at volumes and looking at, is it, is it just national? Is it global? And what are the delivery locations and what's the, what's the demand? What's the commitment? Um, and, and ideally, uh, developing a relationship with a supplier and, and making it less about, well, the best price. Uh, but again, at the end of the day, in this kind of arrangement, T's and C's and the service commitments and the pricing is going to be critical. And so that's all the front end work to identify the key supplier. Again, I think there's going to be some uh, various levels of, of detail and, and further discussion and contract negotiation that would go on to a supplier that's going to be more on the direct spend side, yeah. or it's probably going to be more of a strategic, uh, hopefully elements to the entire business that's going to really have a 95 plus compliance rating and th- that they're thinking about that. I will say this too, uh, and some of the traditional, and it, again, that's the fancy way of saying going direct and not using even a, a company or advisory firm like an UNA. Um, that we, you know, again, we believe as a GPO, we we fulfill uh, a part and we have a place in the overall procurement world that is, you know, supply chain, uh, what have you. But so there's this direct aspect of working directly with a supplier, going through the RFP, all the things that I had mentioned. And I think the critical piece, and I, I hope that it, it's transcending, not only are we empowering the, you know, the procurement hero or, or sourcing hero, you know, within the organizations, but really uplifting the suppliers and making yeah. sure that there's not this, you know, proverbial or just a reverberating well uh, squeeze, if you will. And that's, yeah. it's tricky. It's a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say, and then it really, uh, the famous words, it depends what's going on with the business and how has, what has, uh, what's the credit and term situation been like regarding payment and what is that flexibility and what other conduits or availabilities are there or variables that both sides of the aisle can take into account rather than I just want the best price. I want it now. Right. Um, and, and, and most anyone who's in that type of negotiation, depending on the spend volumes we're talking about, if it's a couple million, a couple hundred million, and then across how many SKUs and how many suppliers, um, you know, those are things to keep in mind. I'll say this and I want to pause and give you more chance. The, you go through this bid process and we're working directly with suppliers. I think the thing to keep, to keep in mind, and this is just the overall emphasis is that there's a real commitment to that supplier. I think sometimes there's a mistake in saying, well, I can bid this out or I'm just going to pick and choose. And we want to emphasize, and that's what we do um, at UNA is to say, look, we're, we are somewhat supplier agnostic, but we want to make sure you understand we do have better alliances and relationships with suppliers where we've been able to show consistency and integrity and commitment. Um, And it just makes it a better two-way path, which 
go figure, reinforces their relationship. Well, and I also think too, it takes hours. Like traditionally, the way things have been done in sourcing and procurement, I mean, let's face it, you know, not only your team on the ground here, but the team on the ground with the supplier, you know, everybody is spending so much time. Which what um, is your number one asset? That's right. Time. It's time. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, you know, how do we cut that down? And nobody likes to really spend all of that time just going around in that dance. And I mean, some people like negotiation. Some people. Which is don't. okay. And I think to your point, you said hours. I think it can take days and weeks. Yeah. And, but I think as, as long as everybody's respecting each other's time and being upfront of what they can't do and can do, it's, they're still valuing that traditional model. But if you, as, as things are changing, as you mentioned, yeah. digitizing, how does yeah. technology play, play into this? How is there accountability in the relationship? And is it, is it true? And then is the data accurate? Uh, there's this, there's this additional value prop, which is, well, it can be tricky to, to evolve past the traditional ways that we're doing things requires that big C word. Collaboration. Uh, I was just going to jump in with that because I think you're right. I think, you know, that's the only way to move forward. No longer is it the blame game. No longer is it the tough negotiation to really get that price down, down, down. I think there's so much more to it. And I think we're also keeping in mind the end customer, right? Because everything that we're doing at the front end is also um, affecting the customer at the back end and everything in between. We try to encourage our, our customers, again, our, our ecosystem, our, our, our universe, if you will, uh, that we look at it as this, this fair zone and be upfront with that in those conversations when you're, when you're going through these, these processes and, and procedures with, uh, with the folks across the aisle. Absolutely. So why is it so important that we look to collaborate with something like Yuna and what sets you apart? So collaboration with Una is we believe and understand that we're not a fit for everybody. So we try to take a very consultative and advisory approach. And I think a lot of people are saying that we just actually do it. And so there can be a lot of conversations where we'll start and identify what are the problems? What are the concerns? What are the needs? And maybe it's very, maybe it's very standard. We're just going to talk about a handful of categories, typically on the indirect spend side. Uh, that we can bring value immediately uh, because they want to skip what we just discussed, which is the contract negotiation or uh, don't have the time, which again right. is our number one asset. And it there's a, there's a complimentary opportunity there. And then additionally, we have some other alliances and, and relationships and consultants that we work through in our ecosystem where we will make handoffs and recommendations that we have no financial gain to at times. Um, and, and we really want to, we th- we look at ourselves, it's, it's, it's silly, but, you know, in the financial world, I'll be really quick with this example, uh, and most folks will know this, there are two different types of financial ways that you can work with like a brokering agency or, or, or company, and there's the broker-dealer, where and that's like the butcher, he's just going to sell you meat and get paid on it, whereas the dietitian or the uh, registered independent advisor, go with me on this example. I will land this plane. The dietitian says, Hey, let's look at your body. Let's find out what you're eating and find out what makes sense. And they build a whole mm-hmm. plan around that. Una doesn't want to be the butcher, which a lot of GPOs in procurement, it's kind of like the plug and play, get it up on the shelf. We'll forget you. 
we're different in the sense that we want to be seen as and understood as and communicate and collaborate as the dietitian in that in that field. And and just to kind of close the loop on the financial example or or metaphor, the dietitian or the registered independent advisor, they get paid if that if that fund goes up. So it's all percentage of fee based on that on that value going up. Well, at the end of the day, we're only going to win in a long term way because we want long term customer value, lifetime value for a customer. If they're seeing value up front, we've understood their needs as a dietitian. We've really assessed the problem, maybe looked at a few categories or said, hey, we can't we can't help you there. Maybe there's something else you could do. Have you thought about this? Can we bring in that? And again, not just sell them meat. Well, and you're procuring trust, right? Pardon the pun, but you're procuring trust. I mean, yeah. the first example, Perfect. you know, where is that trust? You know, what are the motivations behind, you know, what you are um, suggesting to me? Whereas the second one procures trust and it procures that partnership that we were talking about. And I like the fact that you were able to bring that metaphor you know, into our everyday lives. Because when it comes to food and different things like that and exercise, not everything for one person is good for everybody else. Yeah, one size fits all. You know, like the blood type diet. I mean, I don't know if it works or not. It may work for some, but it probably doesn't work for everybody. And it's because everybody is, um, you know, to each their own. And I think we're really starting to realize this, not only in the business life, but also in our personal life. And I think we need to adopt, you know, certain things from other industries that we can bring into our business life and can help us move and be successful, move forward and be successful. So you just gave us an example, but I want to, I want to paint the picture for the listener. Let's do it. Right? Of, you know, if I'm going to work with you and I'm going to work with your team at Una, and, you know, what does that look like for me? Walk me through, paint the picture of an example of how you've helped a customer and what a client of yours can expect to see, maybe even from an ROI perspective as well. Sure. So typically there's an engagement. There's a number of different ways that the companies, uh, organizations can engage with Una online, give us, giving us a call. There's again, una.com. You can check us out, get a, get a view of that. But however the customer gets to us and we're engaging with our, with our team over the phone or face to face, we're quickly getting into a conversation about needs and wants and desires and pain points. And again, that, that dietitian approach, what's going on with you? And we do have, uh, I won't use the name of the customer, but a customer where we've gone through this process of, hey, look, it's qualification, it's understanding what's going on and why did you come to us and what's what's been communicated to you at C-Suite. Uh, it, was a, it was a director just right before C-Suite role of, of purchasing and sourcing. And uh, she had a lot on her plate. She actually had eight other businesses that she had responsibility over. Wow. Uh, so it was, it was a little bit of unique kind of a private equity play of subsidiaries that she was um, delivering results for. So like you said, not one size fits all because there was mm-hmm. different verticals within those eight yeah. uh, subsidiaries. And she was unfortunately, but fortunately, which we see this a lot, hired reactively with, hey, we've got all this business now. We have all this spend. We're thinking about this. We need you to go implement collaboration 
which is a kind of a safer way of saying change because that seems to deter people. Right. Um, and so we're going through this process, understanding that where she has buy-in, uh, where she doesn't uh, as a as a sourcing hero, if you will. And we've identified a handful of categories. We've identified that we can be a fit, we can bring value, and it, it'll go beyond just savings. I will say on on average, uh, I believe we say this uh, on our side and through social, uh, if you can connect with us where it makes sense that we're saving customers on average 10 to 20 percent Wow! Uh, overall. Uh, again, it is going to be category um, contingent, but that's what we've seen and that's what we're doing and that's what we feel uh, comfortable um, marketing and or advertising as far as how we've brought value. But to go back to the individual, the superstar, this the superhero with eight subsidiaries, we found uh, some travel categories, a fleet category, an office supply category. And uh, we went through the analysis stages, identified where they are today, right? We got to find a baseline. You know, the first question, Sarah, if I said, hey, if I'm going to give you directions, you know, the first question you're probably going to ask me is, well, where are you starting? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's the baseline. We got to figure out the baseline. And you said it best, build trust so that we can share data. Yeah. So you go through the process, NDA and standard stuff. So we're all on the same page. And then we're doing the analysis and we've, we've identified categories and then even made recommendations outside of just the things that Una can, can deliver on from a service and value perspective. And I want to go deeper with specifically around fleet. Um, we were able to identify and really actually go above and beyond, which was unique. Uh, we don't have a ton of these interactions, but commercial fleet isn't sexy or fun. But I guess in the maybe our whole world is we're trying to re-engage that procurement and supply chain needs to be thought about and first you know front of mind and and uh, uh, that it can bring overall value. But the point of the commercial fleet is typically dealers don't make a lot of money on right. commercial fleet. So you and I have made uh, probably bought cars and uh, the OEMs of the world, the Fords, the the uh, <clears throat> Chevrolets, uh, GMs of the world. They they're really pushing the consumer side. So it's really complicated to, and at least in the U S for dealers to understand, okay, how do I get this? Where, what is, what are my fleet programs? And then when I have these commercial customers, so we'll go back to this gal with the eight subsidiaries and she needed, they have like, I don't know, they're buying four, five, six, maybe even 700 vehicles a year. They're not leasing them. And she needed a fleet manager and we, we just believe in going above and beyond. We weren't able to provide that, but we did some data. We actually built a tool um, that would help her manage what she's doing today against. Wow. Uh, and so then it was, this is gets into the strategic portion that I actually, uh, we've been delivering on now these past about a hundred days. And we worked with a local, actually probably one of the best in the country, uh, fleet OEMs uh, here actually in the Kansas City area. And uh, they didn't have this program uh, or ability. It was, you know, whereas you can go into Ford.com and choose all the different specs, but on the commercial side, it wasn't available. So to to wrap this up, we we went beyond just, okay, we can bring you fleet deals, identify the fleet deals, give you transparency on maybe what the guys, guys and gals are doing in the field, because yeah. we know this space and we're working with our supplier partner that knows it, knows the dealer networks well. Right. But then additionally, okay, great. You can help me save money on, you know, X truck or dually and all these add-ons, but 
there's a lot that goes into that. So right. we have earned her trust over and over again. We have bought that financial value. And then we went above and beyond, even with a mechanism that an OEM, uh, actually it was Ford here in the, in Kansas City area, one of the, one of the dealerships that sells commercial that didn't have available. But so we were, it's how can we bolt on and bring that value to the end user? Because then this gal, of course, has to turn around right. and share this information with her stakeholders, get yeah. buy-in. And it's like, well, I just like Dodge or I just like Chevy or and I just like Ford, which gets back to compliance, which gets back to, right. I mean, collaboration. And so we were able to help her weed through this because technically she needs to, she probably needs to hire a fleet manager. But, you know, sometimes we're in a crunch. It's the end of the year. Yeah. And, you know, there's tax advantages sometimes to making those purchases. So we're able to, I thought, really go above beyond. And it says a lot about our team, less about me and working with our suppliers to say, hey, this is a unique way that we can deliver more value beyond, again, which is prototypical. And we want to get away from this in the GPO space. Well, just jump on a few contracts. We'll throw it up on the shelf and we'll talk to you again in a year. Yeah, well, and it sounds like you're taking a more holistic approach, right? You're taking a look at it holistically and taking a look at the gaps and where can we help you fill those gaps, whether we can right. do it specifically or we've got people in our network that can help you as well. We want to make sure that we are coming at this from you know every single angle that we possibly can and help you to also communicate that above, Right. right. Say, here's what we've done. This is why, and this is what it's been able to provide us as a business or even savings. You mentioned analysis, right? Um, so do you think spend ana analytics really make a difference and why? Oh, absolutely. I, th I think I mentioned it briefly in the, in the front end of our discussion. I think it's pivotal for 2020 and beyond and has been for, for years of uh, spend analytics and having the proper and correct data. I mean, the best example is if you got a company that's got 50 million in spend and has 2,500 suppliers, what are they doing today? Are they doing that all in Excel? Uh, what spend analytics tools are they using? How are they holding their suppliers accountable? Again, it gets back to some of these reinforced conversations. And do they have different tier structures? How are they managing the contracts? The SKUs. What, what if there's opportunity for supplier consolidation? Are you like, as you mentioned, looking at that ho holistically? Yeah. Are you doing that all in house? Do you have to, you know, one of the questions we like to ask is, well, we do that all in house and this is our tool. Well, why? And just keep yeah. asking why, you know, there's a phrase like a man convinced against his will is still unconvinced. And, uh, like which that. is, which is a little tricky because it's kind of like a, a fancy way of saying stubborn people don't change their mind, maybe in just in my opinion. But if you can build enough trust to say, you know, we like to use language. So what would it look like if we were to do this or what would be the hindrance to look at this option? So you're absolutely right. We are looking at a holistic approach and then we're even introducing uh, spend analytics tools that we have in our network uh, that we can provide to customers that maybe they're not able to achieve the the visual uh, value of seeing it all right in front of them in a dashboard perspective. Right. And we're seeing more in 2020 an investment in spend tech tools, data, whatever than, than ever before. Right. So I think it reinforces that number one challenge, which is getting C-suite buy-in. Um, and so making that investment in some kind of tool, whether you build it homegrown 
uh, lease it or buy it. I mean, there's, there's multiple ways to do that. And so we look at that, we value it and we, we really try to work with customers that and suppliers that understand that uh, because it's, we think it's critical, especially in the time. Uh, again, I used a really big example and, and most companies, uh, you know, when we talk percentages are not that large in spend, but it's, it's a, it's, it's still critical. The unplanned spend builds up and you want, and you want visual on that. And the proper spend analytics tool plugged into the proper procurement strategy, we believe with whether it's an outside or inside sourcing team or sourcing heroes, if you will, mm-hmm. can really help you deliver and execute on that strategy with the right tools in, in the overall, um, the overall plan. So you bring up a good point because you were talking about percentages. So who would be an ideal client and what questions are they asking themselves before they should reach out to you? The ideal client for Uno would be uh, typically what we focus on is the indirect spend side. And that's, you know, it's office supplies, it's furniture, it's travel, it's fleet, it's, um, you know, copiers, the things that uh, shipping, uh, hotel plan within, within travel and the ideal customer that's, you know, it could be a couple hundred thousand across multiple categories, but typically we're working with customers that are doing at least a half a million to a million in, in indirect or, uh, supply chain spend and, and, and up, and up from there. Again, a lot of the, you know, a $10 million company or $25 million company or $50 million company, these eight figure companies, um, you know, there's less and less of them. And of course there's a competitive landscape, but so that's the size and maybe some of the categories that come to mind that we're able to deliver the most value mentioning the categories and of course their top line revenue. But I will say, and I don't think, I hope we're not unique in this because I, I think it's a, it should reverberate throughout the globe in North America is we find as a core value driven company at Una with five key core values that the best customers align with our core values and mm. share those values. I like and, that. And it, and it extends beyond just the, the one-to-one. It extends in with the supplier. Again, I would say that's massive cheese, uh, but it's true. And, and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll put a uh, little bow on it with collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. So. so if I'm a procurement hero or a sourcing hero and I'm sitting there, you know, I've got, a lot of things going on. I've got a lot of things on my plate. What am I thinking about or what questions do I have where I'm sitting there and going, I need to call Una? Yep. I, you did ask that. I forgot to answer that question. So the questions, the questions that come to mind and hopefully that you're, you're uh, talking about and thinking about up front and preparing if possible. Sometimes it, it can be anything from, I don't know what I don't know. So can you just right. share with me how you are playing that, va- you know, p- giving value and, and uh, providing value to your current base? And do you have any examples or do you have any references uh, that we can discuss? So it's much more higher in the funnel, if you will, to use some marketing language. Mm-hmm. But then we also have some that are very prepared to say, hey, these are the categories I have. Here's the volume and spend that I'm dealing with. I'm working cr- uh, currently with this with X supplier. I'd either I'm open to keeping that current incumbent or I'm okay with the change. So these are the locations that I have. These are, um, you know, again, the volumes. These are the tiers that I'm at. We, we would love to, again, there's an NDA focus, uh, that there's enough trust to say I'm willing to share data 
so that they've either talked about that or the level of data that they're willing to share that goes beyond just volume and pricing. And that there's a open-mindedness to making change and maybe even how they're purchasing, not just the incumbent or supplier. Um, th- those are the things that come to mind that yeah. I think the questions are prepared or that they want to ask. What is it? What is the delivery like as far as speed to service, you know, working with Una, um, you know, Hey, do we have to pay through you? Some, you know, there's such an education s- specifically in the business kind of, that's a bit, it's a bit vague, but in education and healthcare, the GPO concept is extremely, um, well known to say right. the least. So typically we are finding there's a lot of educational questions. What do you do? And then we know we're at a good place when the, when the thought comes up or the question comes up, this sounds too good to be true <laughs> because we're, we're a little bit different. Una doesn't charge its members. Okay. Um, that's not, we have a, it's built in uh, with our relationships with our suppliers. I think it's important to know uh, transparency. Yeah. Um, there's not a right necessarily or wrong way. I don't even think it's a right or wrong scenario. That's just how Una has chosen to go to market. Absolutely. And I like that. I like that explanation, right? So you're sitting there and the top down has kind of said, um, you need to take a look at these categories or maybe the heroes themselves have said, listen, these categories are getting a little bit out of whack. You know, we really need to take a look at them and what are our options? And it sounds like Yuna is definitely one of those options to consider and to pick up the phone and say, hey, I need some help. And can you take some of this off my plate? But you know, also help me save in the meantime as well. So you got it. let's talk about the future. What's next for Una? What's next for Una? It's exciting. Look, I think this space is heavily untapped. I think there is a substantial, substantial opportunity for a boutique, uh, boutique advisory firm like an Una to serve. Like I've said, I think there's a, there's a natural fit within the overall procurement space, uh, you know, within uh, the market that we serve here in North America to be a core value driven, transparent, uh, data upfront, um, advi- procurement advisor that can deliver value immediately or talk about a long-term strategy. So as far as the future, I think a lot of what we're going to spend our time on is, is really get, is doing more stuff like this with, with awesome folks like yourself on getting the word out. Um, yeah. Not only about Una, but just I think the challenges that are real yeah. and are impacting customers and suppliers because the market is changing. You know the the commodity, the tariffs, everything that's going on globally that that is a, that's a real impact. Uh, we didn't discuss that. Um, I think there's we want to continue to look at some homegrown options as far as our own spend analytics tool. Right now, uh, we use outside consultants, and we've got an alliance with a it's a really cool team. Um, out of the Midwest. And so I think, I think continuing to look and I want to better understand not only from an education standpoint, but get to know more of the problems that are going on. So whether it's doing forums like this or talking more to our current customer base or current prospects or, or folks in the, in the field, Hey, what are, what else are you dealing with? Maybe there's something different that we're not even seeing, but I think a lot of it is just going to be education. Yeah. Education, you know, I'm sure you're aware of this, you know, Google's changing their algorithm for more educational. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can kind of look for opportunities to, to build relationships through ads and how your content is being indexed. And so we just believe it's smart. How can we be a more educational, holistic 
firm or company that looks for core values, that looks for shared values. And I think, again, there's there's definitely a technology play. We've, we've done some of that. Some of it I can't really talk about right now. But mm-hmm. I think there's some really fun stuff that's coming that, uh, look, I'll end with this. And I'm sure, that, you know, if there's a little bit more, why does everybody like Lyft and Uber? And I'm not the one to say this, but I'm, I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I'm going <laughs> to give him a sh- I'm going to give him a shout out. And I'll, I'll share this. I'll, the short story is it saves time, which we've talked about. It's yeah. just much easier than calling a than calling a freaking taxi cab, right? Or, or whatever. And that's the way Una needs to be thinking. How can we help our customers save time and bring them more value? And so if you're able to solve more problems, which is the fun part about business, if you're solving more problems and bringing more value to your customers, well, the end result is, sure, you should be growing. Absolutely. And time is of the essence, especially these days. And I'm excited to see where you guys go. So if you are a procurement specialist looking for a unique way to save more money and maybe even reduce the amount of time you are spending on negotiating each individual contract, you may want to consider what Una has to offer. If you would like more information about Anthony, Yuna, or this episode, please visit letstalksupplychain.com forward slash episode 100. Thank you to Catherine and the team at Una for making this happen. And to you, Anthony, for coming on the show and talking to us about how you are changing the industry one contract at a time. Love it. Thank you, Sarah. You rock. Appreciate being with you today. If you liked this episode, be sure to check out podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com and search through to find the subjects and experts you are looking for. Next week, I am interviewing the Senior Director of Global Logistics for Google. Yes, Claudia is joining me for my next Woman in Supply Chain episode, and I'm so excited for you to meet her. Um, So make sure that you don't miss the episode. Be subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to support the show, there's a few ways to do that. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to us on our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com. Subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts and subscribe at the SC Supply Chain TV over on YouTube. Ships.com. We are almost ready. Go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com and sign up. You will be one of the first people to know once we are ready. And forwarders, you are going to want to be a part of this. We are upping your marketing game. We are upping your technology game. And we are giving you access to more customers. So make sure you sign up. Next, go to shop at letstalksupplychain.com for all your supply chain professionals merch funny merch, um, great merch. So go and check that out. Plus the supply chain dictionary, 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions that you need to succeed in your supply chain career. Next, go and rate and review the show on iTunes and I will feature your review on an upcoming episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.